You're listening to the Realized Empath Podcast, where we get real about loving and stumbling through our sensitive lives with your host and holistic counselor, Kristen Schwartz, who helps redefine what's possible for an empath who embraces a path of self-healing. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Realized Empath Podcast. I am so glad you're here. Um, we have a, well, I see we, but it's really me, right? Because today is just solo. And I think actually I'm going to do a lot of my podcast as solo casts. Um, who knows? I might bring some people in when I, uh, when something aligns with me and I just like, I already have some ideas in terms of who I will invite in to talk with me, but, um, I don't know. I'm thinking most of them will be solo. Who knows? We'll see. Um, but today's a fun show. I am going to talk about ways that we can protect ourselves and protect our energy as an empath and a highly sensitive person. Let's talk really quick about the difference between an empath and a highly sensitive person. I get that question a lot. Um, and I try to keep it as simple as possible. The question to answer is, are you feeling the feelings of someone across from you? Are you just really, really good at noticing how they're feeling? Um, so a highly sensitive person, um, their brain is, um, is created differently than a non-highly sensitive person. We have more mirror neurons, which means we can really tap into uh, the subtleties of someone's emotions and feelings and energy. Um, we notice um, what's going on, body language, um, so we can tap into. Um, we can all, all humans are impasse on some level. Um, just someone who's not highly sensitive, who doesn't um, call themselves an impasse, still has the, the potential to show empathy, right? Um, and if someone is really suffering, um, and happens to be in front of them and they are deeply connected to that person, um, they may tear up and cry when the other person cries. So we all have that capacity, right. To empathize with another human being. At least we hope we do. Um, an empath is someone who not only notices like the highly sensitive person does, but also feels the feelings of the other person inside their body. So for instance, if I am standing in front of someone and they are talking about the weather, um, but really right before they walked up to me, um, before they, let's say we're walking through the neighborhood before they came outside to walk in the neighborhood and they ran into me, they got a phone call and they had lost their job. Right. So, <clears throat> um, but when they come up to me, they're going to talk about the weather, but I'm going to sense there's some angst underneath. So I sense the energy under the words. So that's the simplest way that I can explain, um, labeling oneself as an empath. Um, but really nobody else can answer that question for you. That is an inside job. Um, and it comes from really understanding how you perceive the world, how you feel in the world, what you notice. Nobody else can tell you what your experience is. So owning that. Um, owning ourselves and our perception and how we interpret the world that we live in, that's on us, right? We get to just, we get to decide and choose who we are, which is just a beautiful thing. 
separate from what other people think, say, or believe. All right. So let's dive into the topic today. So ways to protect our energy as an empath and highly sensitive person. I am going to go with four ways for today. There's other ways I'm sure, but the top four ways that I'm going to cover today is proactive self-care, reactive self-care, self-awareness, and boundaries. So proactive self-care. What is, what do I mean by proactive self-care? Like self-care proactive is that they're the things that you do every day, even when you feel great, even when your energy is amazing, you're in a pocket of your life where your relationships are great, um, money's flowing in, like everything's hunky-dory, right? Um, proactive self-care is what I call um, a lot of times over on my Instagram is living the lifestyle, a lifestyle that's catered to your sensitive needs. So my lifestyle, how I live my life on the day-to-day is centered around proactive self-care. I live a lifestyle of healing. Healing to me is not a, um, like I have a wound, therefore I need to step in and take care of it. Sure. That's reactive self-care. Um, but, um, my lifestyle and healing to me is proactive. It's as an empath. Um, I do things every single day to keep my energy aligned and as um, let's see, what's the word I want to say? Um, keep it as high, full as possible. Um, knowing that there's all kinds of things that can happen in the world that can affect it. I give myself the best running start every single day and I'm proactive with my self-care. So this can look like nourishment in terms of what we eat, what feels good to us, what makes our body feel good, what makes our digestion feel good. Um, Do we even know? Are we even connected to our body to know what feels good? Um, Lotion on our bodies, right? Nourishing our skin. um, That can look like a clean healthcare regimen. And when I say clean, I mean clean of chemicals, um, any type of additives that affect our hormone system, our endocrine system. Um, moving. So our energy wants to move. Energy wants to move. All energy wants to move. So moving our bodies to love and nourish ourselves instead of abuse and whip ourselves into shape like control. So we want to move away from control and move into uh, release, right? So moving our body, how does it feel good? What does our body need? Um, let's say, Hey, I want to move my body today, but I really feel like dancing. So I'm going to go in my workout room and I'm going to put on whatever music I want to put on and I'm going to dance. Maybe that feels good today. Um, Maybe tomorrow it feels like a yoga class. Maybe the next day it feels like uh, really hitting the weightlifting. Um, So again, self-awareness, what does your body need? What feels good? Follow your joy, follow your curiosity. Don't feel like you have to do a certain thing. Um, follow your joy. Proactive self-care also looks like calm and rest when we need it. Um, this is a big one for highly sensitive people. We need that time to just let our nervous systems chill for a bit. Um, laughter, like I said before, dancing, doing what makes us feel joy for no other purpose, but to feel joy because we 
can. It's our birthright to feel all the different emotions and feelings. Um, and joy feels good. So journaling, this is another way of releasing. So releasing and processing what comes up. I do this every day, which is why I developed the Realized Empath Morning Ritual Journal, because um, that is, I found that's just a great way to bring up what comes up in terms of my thoughts, beliefs, question, uh, questions, and just kind of like let my soul express itself without judgment, without holding back. Um, and so journaling is one way that I have found moves the energy. I do it first thing in the morning because I give myself that highest vibrating energy, morning energy, straight from sleep, wake up, um, tr- before I start to connect to the thoughts of yesterday, I give myself that fresh gift of my morning energy. Um, that way I'm not scrounging at the end of the day, trying to give myself what little, if no energy I have left at the end of the day. Meditation. Um, this meditate, a meditation practice has, um, greatly, um, positively affected me. Um, meditation isn't for everybody. There's all different types of ways to meditate. Um, the old, you know, pictures of somebody sitting with their legs crossed with their hands, you know, in their lap, you know, that it doesn't have to be that way. Um, I, I know early on, I used a lot of guided meditations. Um, I just play around with it. I do what feels good. And I, and I give myself what I need. It's a process. If you are just starting out in a meditative meditation practice, um, hmm. There were months there where I was like, what's supposed to happen here? Aren't I supposed to have like this huge, you know, like when is this awakening going to happen? Am I supposed to see like a swirling magenta light that's supposed to bring me into consciousness? Like there was just all kinds of expectations. And, um, but after years of, you know, making meditation part of my life, I realized that for me as an empath, it's about mental resilience. It's about building mental resilience. So, um, our mind can get, uh, so uncomfortable with sitting in stillness and our thoughts just go crazy. So I make it more of a practice of watching my mind and not following the energy of my thoughts, because think about that. So when we're around other people as an empath, isn't the goal to watch the energy and not follow the energy and take on the energy of others. So we can use meditation as a resilience, mental resilience practice, um, for, um, strengthening our ability to watch and notice the energy and kind of letting it pass. All right. So proactive self-care are the things that you do every day. Um, even when you feel great. So now we have reactive self-care. So like I said earlier, reactive self-care would be like, something has happened. I have this wound. Let me stop and care for this wound. Lick my wound. Okay. So, um, this can be when we're triggered. This can be when, um, we're noticing our energy is being affected, um, in a, let's say a group event or we're visiting relatives. And after a couple of days, we're really noticing, um, a difference in how our, how we feel, how our body and mind feels. Um, so what can we do, um, in terms of responding to 
something that's happening in the here and now that's affecting our energy. So this is all about building up a toolkit. Um, imagine you, you have a backpack on your back and when you need to pull in to uh, get into that toolkit, you can pull out different ways to respond when your energy is being affected um, in the present. So things like conscious breathing. Um, so this could be like inhaling to four counts, paying attention to the air filling your belly and exhaling to four and doing that until you start to feel some relief. This can be grounding. Um, grounding can be done. So grounding basically is the, um, what grounding is, is grounding back into your physical body. So when we're noticing the feelings, emotions, and energy of another person, we are in our minds. We may be, and we're in our bodies too, because we're feeling it in our bodies. But a lot of times when, what happens is when once we start to feel it in our bodies, our minds just start, start swirling. Um, we're trying to figure out whose energy is this? What's it doing here? How do I get rid of it? And now we're in our head. Um, so grounding is the act of grounding into your physical body. And then you can actually do visual, visualizations to let go of that energy. You can see that energy escaping down the bottoms of your feet. You can stand in the grass with your shoes off. Um, you can don't even have to do that. You can do a visualization exercise right where you're at in a room full of people. Um, so grounding is part of reactive self-care, listening to music, um, removing yourself from a conversation, excusing yourself from the, to the restroom. Um, reactive self-care can also be setting and following through on a boundary. So, um, yeah, that's reactive self-care. So, um, those are, remember reactive self-care are, are ways to tend to your energy in the presence when you notice it's being affected. All right. So self-awareness is the next one we'll cover. So self-awareness really ties into every single one of these because without self-awareness, we're really not going to know ourselves well enough to know what we need in the future, in the present, or know how our past is still affecting us. So the better we know ourselves, the more proficient we are at seeing our energy drains. So we see our negative thoughts that quickly drain our energy. We sense and notice in our bodies right away when someone else's energy um, is affecting us. Um, and when we are aware of our past, our trauma, then we can lend ourselves compassion um, in the present, knowing that how someone else affects us or how uh, witnessing our negative thoughts or seeing our reactions to certain circumstances, we can understand and lend ourselves compassion to, oh, okay, I know why I'm doing that. Um, and then reassure ourselves, reassure our inner child that it is okay, um, that we are in the present now and we, uh, will protect ourselves and keep ourselves safe. So when we are truly self-aware, then we know what action is needed to protect our energy. Um, here's something that I researched that I had done for my book, um, when I was writing about self-awareness is, there's um, studies out there um, that actually say that I think it was like 
70%, don't quote me here, it was like 70 or 90 to have to have my book up in front of me to, um, but it was like a pretty high percent percentage of people think they are, that are actually less self-aware than they think they are. Um, so there's different types of self-awareness too. There's where we are self-aware of external locus, I think is like when you are aware of how other people perceive you um, and how open you are in terms of um, wanting to know how other people truly see you. And then um, internal locus of control, which is like your awareness, self-awareness of yourself inside what's going on. So um, that was really interesting to research that. And I realized that I am much more self-aware of my own inner workings um, and my own experience past and how that affects my present. And I'm less open to um, how the world perceives me because there's uh, so much of my trauma from the past um, was related to how other people perceived me um, by their actions or abuse. So anyways, if you are interested in learning more about self-awareness, it's actually, I find it really fascinating. Last but not least, um, boundaries. So there are all sorts of boundaries. There's time, boundaries around our time, boundaries around our actual energy, energetic boundaries, physical boundaries, emotional boundaries. So really moving into empower, well, empowering ourselves to protect our energy is we need to get real about taking accountability for our boundaries. Um, one way, um, when I'm working with clients to, who want to get clear on the type of boundaries that they need or, and with whom they may need them is the, um, resentment test. So I have them make a list of all the resentments that they hold and the people they hold those resentments towards. And then, um, that is a clue into who, um, you need boundaries Stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome to the Alchemy of Natural Healing. I'm your host, Laurel Dewey. True healing is an alchemical process, meaning it must transform you on all levels, body, mind, and spirit. What affects one affects all three. True healing is one of the hardest journeys you'll ever travel, but it's one of the most rewarding and fulfilling when you get to meet yourself for the first time. If you're ready to take that journey, let's get started. Um, now we also need boundaries with ourselves. Um, and again, self-awareness. Do we know um, how much time we can spend with a certain person do we know how much time we want to spend doing a certain task? Um, are we comfortable with setting those boundaries around our time? Do we know when our energy drains around something? Um, do we know, um, are we paying attention to someone else's energetic boundaries? Are we willing to hold ourselves accountable um, and set those boundaries with ourselves and follow through? Um, so resentments, 
Let me give you an example. Let's say 10 years ago, your brother acted a certain way at a family event and it didn't sit right with you. In fact, it really made you angry and you left the family event on the drive home, didn't speak to him about it, um, but instead engaged in judgment, saying things like he should know better um, and claiming he's a certain type of person because he did that thing. So there's no conversation had, just um, judgment and um, ill will towards him. So resentment, the birth of resentment. And then each time he does that behavior after that, um, it is used as proof that your original, original judgment from 10 years ago was accurate. And he is that type of a person and he really doesn't know any better and he should know better. So the resentment just continues to build. Until eventually what ends up happening is the the relationship ends because relationships cannot um, sustain in uh, resentment that are just covered in resentment. The relationship crumbles. But really what we, um, what needed to happen after that event, that original event 10 years ago was a boundary needed to be set around that behavior. So however that looks in terms of a conversation Um, because every, all the resentment that compounded was because that original boundary wasn't set 10 years ago. Um, And someone else's response to your boundary um, isn't an excuse not to set a boundary. That's just another excuse that we use sometimes. So we don't have to do the hard work of setting a boundary. Um, It's not comfortable most of the time. And when we spend most of our lives without boundaries and most of our relationships benefit from us not having boundaries, it is, it can be murky water and it is uncomfortable and um, it's that way for everyone. So it's just something we have to realize that we set boundaries because we value ourselves, not because we need to whip someone else into shape or, or change them. It's about honoring us. Um, and boundaries, of course, right? So you have to be self-aware to see where you need boundaries and to see where you um, can be the highest version of yourself if there's certain boundaries around your time, certain boundaries around your energy, certain boundaries around your emotional needs, your physical needs. Um, and not everybody's going to be able to meet that boundary and that's okay. And that's why we have consequences of, and I mean, when I say consequences, that makes me feel like I'm on a, like a parent that's like scolding. I have to think of another word. What's another word for consequences. But when we set a boundary, there has to be a, um, something that we a follow through in terms of if that boundary is not respected and we have to be willing to um, do that too, follow through um, because that's how much we honor and care for ourselves and want, want to be the best version of ourselves. So those are the top four. Um, I mean, there's other ways that we can protect our energy, visualizations, shielding, um, but really, um, the better care we, the, the better we are at taking care of ourselves, um, and 
the more we know ourselves in terms of self-awareness that we can step in and care for ourselves um, reactively. And then we also have that lifestyle that caters to our sensitive needs. Um, we're going to be able to handle, we're going to be more mentally resilient to handle the energy that comes up any given day. Um, so here I'm going to end with, um, here are some two tricks that we can stay conscious of our energy um, as others' energy swirls around us. Um, here's one way that we can kind of notice and just let that energy just escape right, like kind of go right through us. So I call it be a hollow tube. So when you're around others, I want you to imagine your body has a hollow tube, like right through your center. So imagine like, I mean, when I imagine it's a pretty big tube, I want to say it's like 10 inches. Um, and it just goes right through. Imagine like you could put your entire arm, like right through my belly. Like you can see right through me. Um, so when you're around someone and you can feel um, their energy, I want you to notice it and then visualize, right? Because our minds are powerful. Um, imagine and see that energy passing right through you. So make it a game of seeing the energy move right through your body, notice it, and then see it go. Um, you can make that energy a certain color. You can make it a smoke. You can make it, you know, like light, like you can do whatever you want. Do what is right for you. Another way, um, and this one is, um, let's see, I think it was a couple weeks ago. Um, I was taking a walk with my husband and we were walking the dog and he had an experience at work that day that was really frustrating him. And he started to explain the situation to me. And I want to say like 10 seconds into it, I could start to feel the energy that was under the story, right? His frustration, I could start to feel it in my chest. So what I did at that point, um, I didn't stop him from talking I didn't cut him off. Um, what I do in my head at that point is I start to actually say silently, silently to myself, the differences that I can notice between him and I. So I will say things like he's wearing uh, a maroon sweatshirt. I'm wearing a baseball cap. My tennis shoes are blue. His pants are gray. So I'll keep doing that, noticing difference between him and myself. And then eventually I feel that energy just kind of slow down and then just kind of leave my body. So it's bringing my awareness back to my energy, my body, and I'm noticing the actual differences between him and I. So that helps too. It's like a visualization, but also um, a practice in, um, you know, focus and awareness and kind of just allowing the energy to go without focusing on the energy. I'm focusing on the difference between his physical form and mine. So those are two ways you can um, play around with noticing the energy and kind of letting it go. So that is it for today, you guys. Um, thanks for tuning in. If you want to catch up with me or the community, make sure to head over to Instagram, Realized Empath. We also got realizedempath.com and check out my website for new offerings. And I'm excited to talk with you guys next week. Bye.
Thanks for listening to the Realized Empath Podcast. Revisit past episodes or contact Kristen at realizedempath.com. Did you love this episode? Please share it with a friend. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, sensitive souls.